I wonder, um, have any of you ever been asked to write material for uh, a Sunday worship service? I mean, to come up with, say, a, a call to worship or a prayer of confession that everybody in the congregation would be saying. Any of you have that uh, pleasure? If you have, you know, and if you haven't, you probably figure, that writing prayers or litanies for other persons is not a simple thing. I mean, it requires imagination and a sense of hope and a healthy measure of humility. I mean, think about this. How can you or I know, really, what sort of sin, what kind of brokenness anyone else in a congregation needs to confess or maybe would confess with any degree of honesty or conviction? How could we know something like that? It's really hard to say. Mainly, one just imagines and prays a bit and writes and hopes for the best, just sees what happens. Now, as it is in my uh, present role as a general presbyter, I don't write many prayers for persons to offer in worship. I don't lead worship very often either. But I do worship often on Sundays and on other days of the week as well with congregations all over the presbytery. It's a real pleasure for me. And I've got to tell you, it has been interesting recently how often I have heard uh, in churches this back and forth between leader and people. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. It is the season of Eastertide, right? So not so unexpected. But what has been most interesting to me is how different the responses have sounded from one congregation to the next. I mean, in some places, the response rings out like a cheer at a Ravens game. You know, he is risen. Indeed, says the people. In other places, truthfully, it just kind of dribbles out. Almost reluctantly, he is risen indeed. I swear, one Sunday it sounded like, says who? (laughs) Christ is risen, says who? (laughs) Oh, oh yeah, we do, we do. Some of us anyway, but mainly that's just because it's what's printed in the bulletin. I bet that you are more of a Ravens cheer kind of congregation. That's my guess. For 40 days, Luke tells us, 40 days after being raised from the dead, Jesus presented himself alive to his disciples, appearing to them, speaking with them, teaching and instructing, answering their questions, certainly encouraging them greatly. Though it was, uh, the resurrection stories suggest, it was a kind of now you see him, now you don't time. Jesus would slip up on a couple of them as they were walking down the road. He would join them for a meal and then after breaking bread, vanish from their sight. 
only to show up again a little later, uh, tending a campfire on the beach, coming and going. Now you see, now you don't. Really mysterious way this risen Christ had of being with his disciples. And I kind of think that the image of uh, Jesus moving off into the clouds, drawing up into the clouds, is, a, is another way of suggesting or indicating that mystery about this man. But before Jesus went that day to wherever it was he was going, enveloped in a cloud, the disciples may be sensing, maybe hoping that they could forestall his departure, asked him a question. Jesus, Jesus, is this when you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Is this the time when you're going to return it power and prominence among all the nations? Is this it, Jesus? Tell us. I suppose that our question in this day might be, oh, Jesus, is this the time when the church is going to return to its glory days? Is this the time, Jesus? Oh, we so hope it is. When will the church receive all that glory, Jesus might ask? That's not something for you to know, not something for you to be worried about. However, here's something for you to know. Here's something you can know and count on. You are going to receive power. You are going to receive power through the Holy Spirit to be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the world. Amen. 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 Now, what's a witness? First, a witness is one who sees or hears or experiences something. At this moment, I'm a witness, and so are each one of you. I'm witnessing you, witnessing me, witnessing you. We have this capacity, you and I, the ability, the power to be. Have the power to be witnesses in Judea, Samaria, all the earth. Seems to be saying that they would be able to see, hear, experience him wherever they were. Wherever in the world. They were my witnesses, my witnesses. But a witness also is someone who carries something that he or she has seen or heard or experiences, who carries it and conveys it to others. I'm going to go home this afternoon and witness to my wife how graciously you've received me and how you're a cheering congregation. So too, the disciples would be able to testify to people wherever they were found that Jesus, though once dead, was alive and present with them. 
Jesus is risen? Oh, yes, they would say, he is risen indeed. Says who? Well, says all of those first disciples, and plenty of other disciples as well, who have followed them in witnessing Jesus, in witnessing to Jesus down through the centuries to this very day. Witnesses like Anne Lamott, Any of you know Anne Lamott? She's an author, a speaker, a California girl, grown up. And she has a distinctive way of witnessing to the risen Christ through her stories, great stories, including one about when Jesus just wouldn't leave her alone. Now, at the time, she wrote, uh, she was fairly deep into alcoholism, And she was also grieving a a terrible loss that she'd suffered. She'd holed up in her houseboat for days and nights. She was drinking and taking sleeping pills, just sort of pushing everything away. And then at some point, late one evening, she got into bed, smoked the last cigarette, turned out the light. And after a while, she wrote, I became aware of someone with me, hunkered down in the corner of the room. The feeling was so strong that I actually turned on the light for a moment to make sure no one was there. Of course, there wasn't anyone there. But after a while, in the dark again, I knew beyond any doubt that it was Jesus. I felt him as surely as I feel my dog lying nearby as I write this. And I was appalled. I turned to the wall and I said out loud, I would rather die. I felt him just sitting there on his haunches in the corner of my sleeping loft, watching me with patience and love. And I squinched my eyes, but that didn't help, because that's not what I was seeing him with. Finally, I I fell asleep, and in the morning, he was gone. The experience spooked me badly, though, but I thought it was just an apparition, sort of born out of fear and self-loathing and booze. But then... Everywhere I went, I had the feeling that a little cat was following me, wanting me to reach down and pick it up, waiting for me to open the door and let it in. So I tried to keep one step ahead of it, slamming my houseboat door whenever I entered or left. And one week later, when I went back to church, The last song was so deep and raw and pure that I could not escape. I opened up. I began to cry. And I left before the benediction. And I raced home. And I felt the little cat running along at my heels. I opened the door to my houseboat and I stood there a minute And then I hung my head and said, I quit.
all right, you can come in. This was my beautiful moment of conversion. Christ is risen? Says who? Says Anne Lamont, for one, indeed. Says who? Says you? I wonder, is there anywhere that you have seen, heard, sensed, or caught a glimpse somehow of Jesus alive and present with you? I bet there are dozens of witnesses here in this room, dozens who could tell moving, mysterious stories of their own. As a young adult, I was enabled to see Christ in, of all places, a suburban church, (laughs) not unlike this one, down in South Carolina. Now, by that age, I pretty much had decided that uh, Jesus was a great man in history. He was a great teacher and worthy of my deep respect. But I knew that the resurrection was symbolic. Not actual. It was a way that the church talked about Jesus in order to keep his memory alive, his memory. Now, I wanted to be involved in a church, so I found one where I could do some work, work with a youth group, do some Bible study, help with mission projects and worship. And I did that. But as I did, over time, it began to occur to me that there was more there than met the eyes, my eye, anyhow, that in the people that I was working with and worshiping with and serving, I was sensing, hearing, and sometimes glimpsing the risen Lord Jesus. It wasn't clear. It was cloudy but it was real. You are the body of Christ. His hands and feet. Jesus with me. Christ risen indeed, says who? (laughs) Says I, (laughs) and maybe you as well, friends. Are there times and places he has let you be a witness, a hospital room, a classroom perhaps, on a walk by yourself somewhere, or with a friend, at a baptism, or at a secret supper like the one we're sharing this day. In the breaking of bread, have you recognized Jesus with you? Sometimes people do. You will receive power and you will be my witnesses here and to the ends of the earth. And in the witness that you carry, the witness you convey to others, you will give me the chance to reveal my life and to share myself with others that I'm seeking, others I have plans for, plans for blessing. So, 
says Luke. The disciples together returned to Jerusalem, went to that room where they'd so often been with Jesus, and they devoted themselves to prayer. What sort of prayer? Luke doesn't tell us, but I suspect it was rich with attentiveness, it was deep with trust, and wide with receptive waiting for whatever it was their Lord had in store for them. So may it be for you and for me this day. Let us wait in silence, prayerfully. Lord Jesus Christ, we've come to you with a sense of deep gratitude, care, concern, love for you, and a desire to live responsively to you. We sense that we're with friends in your company of followers, friends who share the life of resurrection and who want others to get in on it, to begin participating at the very center of what you're doing rather than on the periphery. We pray for strength and discernment to understand where we are, the culture in which we live, its deadening effects, its seductive lures, And we pray that you will use what we've heard today to sharpen what we're doing. We ask your blessing on the church, scattered and dispersed, so much of it in despair. We pray that where we are and whatever places we go back into, we may be a part of this resurrection life, knowing that you are present and doing your work. You're not anxious about what's going to happen or whether this is going to work or not. It has worked a long, long time, and it will continue working. So mostly, Lord, keep us faithful, attentive, adorational, sacrificial, and personal. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen.